0: Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 3-12. What does it mean when someone says, I am saved, or we have to be saved? How do you understand salvation as it is generally spoken about and boldly proclaimed from a church pulpit? After all, it should be a clear idea, considering that it is a core doctrine of Christianity. Ancient this is the podcast
1: of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Take me home. Join us for the next hour as we explore and discover insights into the ancient, Jewish, and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. Now, he is our host,
0: Avi ben Mordechai. Okay, welcome back to another podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. I'm Avi ben Mordechai, And on our broadcast today, we're going to take a look at the concept of salvation. What does it actually mean? What does it mean when someone says, I'm saved? Or... You need to be saved, or we all need to be saved. How do you understand salvation? You know, when it's generally spoken about and boldly proclaimed from Christian and Messianic and Jewish books and from the synagogue and from pulpits all around the world. What is this salvation idea all about? Uh, I, I do want to take a look at it today because it's an important idea. It's sitting really at the very core of what we believe and understand about who we are, what we are, and uh, what all of this New Testament business is all about. It's it's very important idea. And after all, it it should, I would think, be a clear idea, considering it is a core doctrine of Christianity, but not just Christianity, but also of Judaism. So for this, I want to go straight over to the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, uh, which is the uh, uh, Torah, the prophets, and the writings. In Hebrew, that would be the Torah, the Navim and the Kituvim The Torah, the prophets and the writings, it is an acronym uh, when you put all three together that uh, sounds like the word Tanakh Tanakh. So in the Hebrew Bible, in the Tanakh, uh, it is written by Moses in Deuteronomy thirty four twenty nine. Deuteronomy thirty-four twenty nine Happy are you, O Israel. Who was like you? A people saved by Yehovah? Or saved by Yahweh or Yudehave, however you're going to say that, okay? So I I I'm really interested in understanding what this is all about where it speaks about a people saved by Yehovah or Yahweh now given that all of the people of the New Testament time frame the second temple period time frame in the days when Yeshua was in Jerusalem and uh, he was in uh, the land of Israel, walking about. So if you will, I'd like you to join me by turning over to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38, and we'll continue uh, through verse 40, okay? It says here in the New King James Version that Kepha, or Peter, said to to, uh, a large group of people gathered there. In the uh, second temple period there, probably around the, the, um, the uh, grand staircase of the southern steps of the Temple Mount, Kepha said to all of these people gathered there, repent and let each one of you be immersed, uh, the Hebrew would be tvilat vila, or baptized in English, in the name... ...of Yeshua, Hamashiach, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. For the promise is to you and to your children or your sons... ...and to all who are afar off, as many as Yehovah, our Elohim, or our God... Will call. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, it concludes with this idea and with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse generation. Well, I got to tell you, that's a lot to talk about. I imagine I could probably do just a, several podcasts just on these verses alone. It, it's amazing what is in this statement. It, it just, just mind-blowing what's in this statement. So we're going to look at this idea of what repentance is all about. We're going to look at this idea of the remission of sins. We're going to also take a look at this idea of what a perverse generation is all about. Now, the English word repent or repentance comes from the Hebrew term teshuvah, teshuvah. I'll spell it for you for those that are learning and practicing your Hebrew. It would be tav, Shin, Vav, Vet, and Hey. Teshuvah. And uh, it is a noun. Uh, the word Teshuvah has this uh, picture, this idea of returning to make a revolution. That is, to uh, turn around and go in a different direction and it also it uh, it has a direct connection uh to the idea of giving an answer to a question or to reply to someone so therefore you're going to return a reply to them and so what you're doing is you're repenting you're giving a response you're saying to someone ah I'll give you the answer to your question. I will repent. So therefore, that might lead someone to ask the question, well, what is it exactly that we are uh, giving an answer to? Uh, What are we responding to? So the All-Eternal One of Israel has given out a call to all people of all nations and all tongues to listen to what he has to offer to get us disentangled from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as it's referenced in Genesis chapter 3. That's the idea. He is giving us a call to return from our terrible situation that Adam and his wife put us into by way of an inheritance. We inherited something that was passed down to us. It is not something that we purposely chose. We inherited this kind of a condition. It comes down to us from Genesis chapter 3. So in order to get disentangled from that horrible situation in Genesis chapter 3, we need to respond to the call that Jehovah has given to us. And the call is turn around. Turn around. Reply to me. Respond to me. I want to give you something. But we, of course, being in this uh, corrupted state of uh, the human condition, as we might say, we often don't listen to the call or perhaps... We don't hear the call for whatever reasons. And the idea is to repent, to turn, to give an answer, to give a reply to the call. So he says to us, I am asking you to listen to what I'm saying to you. Hear me, hear me. And he wants us to repent That is, he wants us to reply and to turn around and go a different direction. So he says, Peter, Kepha, says, Let every one of you be immersed in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach for the remission of sins. And then, in doing so, you shall receive the gift of, of the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, as it is said in English. So here is Kepha asking us to reply to Yehovah. And when Yehovah speaks, when the All-Eternal One speaks, it would be nice if we would listen to what he says. We don't always do that. That would be a nice idea, but, you know, our flesh gets in the way, And we don't always hear everything that he's trying to tell us that he wants to say to us. So, he says, I want you to be immersed. That is to go into the waters of the word. The waters of the word in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach for the remission of sins. So we're going to have to take a look at this idea of the waters of the word or the water of the word if you want to put it in that singular form. For that, let's go over to the prophecy or the words of Isaiah, Yeshua, Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 10 through 11. Now for context, Let's start over here in Isaiah 55, 6. Seek Yehovah while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now, to get the full context of this, I want to go to verse 7. Let the wicked... Forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to Yehovah or Yahweh or Yudevave. So here we have the word let the wicked forsake his way. But this is really important, okay? Because here the term the wicked is Rasha, Rasha. That's Rish. Let the wicked man or the Rasha man forsake his way. And this idea of Rasha is that of a person who has iniquity. So let the uh, man uh, or the person of iniquity or the Rasha forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And uh, the idea of unrighteous simply is an idea of avon, avon, here in this verse. This is aleph vav nun, aleph vav nun. That is the man of avon forsake his way. So, in other words, the idea of wickedness and avon are linked. They are connected, meaning the definition of rasha, wickedness, is a man or a person of avon, which is the idea of twistedness or perversion which is exactly what Kepha, or Peter, was saying in Acts chapter 2. We'll come back to that in just a moment. So let the man or the person of Avon, who is a wicked person, forsake his way. What is the way that we need to forsake? We know what that is. That is the inherited Avon, the inherited perversion that was passed down to all of us all humanity from genesis chapter 3 we inherited avon we inherited iniquity or wickedness and the prophet isaiah says forsake that way forsake it how do you do that we're going to talk about it here because this is what the immersion is all about in the name. And if you want to get a better understanding of this idea of unrighteousness, uh, you can go back and re-listen to the uh, previous podcast I did on unrighteousness or righteousness. So the idea of righteous is that of sadiq or a person who has been granted justice. Justice has been served. That is the idea of righteousness. Therefore, if justice has been served for the situation that Happened In Genesis chapter 3 with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, since that has been served up and fulfilled or satisfied, therefore, that person who has been given that justice, that one is called a just person or a just man or you have justness. So you can see it doesn't come from us. It comes from Jehovah. He is the one that declares one either just or unjust. And we are to forsake the avon, that is the iniquity of Genesis chapter 3 of what happened in the connection to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the point. And so, we are to get rid of that, get disentangled from that, and return to Yehovah. We are returning to Jehovah, and this idea is from the Hebrew word, Teshuvah. So, here in the Hebrew, from Isaiah 55, 7, we have here the root, Yashuv, Yashuv, which really tells us to sit down, relax, and make your home in this justness. To make your home, to live in justness. This is a beautiful, beautiful idea. And then, if you choose to make your home and sit down to make a home in his justness, what he's going to give to us, then Isaiah says in the name of Jehovah that Yudhe Vavhe will have mercy on him. Isaiah 55, 7. He will have mercy on him. On him. You will receive. Rahman. That is compassion. So Jehovah Has compassion. For each and every one of us. Who will. Respond. Reply. Give an answer to the call. When he says. Turn around. Get disentangled. From the events. That took place. So long ago. In Genesis chapter 3, he will abundantly pardon. He's going to pardon us. And we're going to look at this idea in a future podcast, the difference between forgiveness and pardoning. There is a difference. I can assure you, in Hebrew, there is. So now let's continue in Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and uh, here in the Hebrew text is the idea. Actually, in modern Hebrew, we get the word for a computer: chet shin vet vet. This is the idea of a computer in modern Hebrew, but it's the idea of thinking. So Jehovah says, "My thinking." my thoughts my ideas what's in my mind they are not your thoughts well what does that mean exactly that my thoughts are not your thoughts as human beings with the human condition that has been given to us As an inheritance from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis 3, we are so focused on saving ourselves, delivering ourselves from our human condition. So our thoughts are always centered around what can I do to deserve Jehovah's love? What can I do to deserve it, to feel like I can earn it, that I can accept what you're giving to me? We often want to do it ourselves. I call it a do it yourself salvation. That is a DIY salvation. That's kind of what happens in this fallen condition. We're always trying to save ourselves. You cannot save yourself. You cannot save yourself. Therefore, I am going to do it for you. That's why he says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. So in other words, he's saying you cannot deliver yourself or get disentangled from that situation, from that horrifying situation. Uh, thing that happened in Genesis chapter three, you cannot disentangle yourself by anything that you can come up with in your own mind, or perhaps feeling that you can earn his love or earn his acceptance. No, 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 no. His compassion is much, much greater. His work, his thought is much, much deeper than we can even possibly imagine. So then he goes on to say through Isaiah in verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Well, I guess if you can measure how high heaven is, then perhaps then you can measure your way versus Yah's way. But the reality is, he says, as Shemaim, or heaven, is higher than the earth. And that just goes on and on, it seems, forever. So he uses the metaphor, my way is higher than your way. You want to go and Consider something from the way you want to be saved. Jehovah says, I do not accept do-it-yourself salvation. I will do it my way. Thank you very much. That's how he says it. I'm going to do it my way, not your way. Your way is going to produce zero results. My way is going to produce eternal results. So we go with his program. So in verse 10, it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and they do not return there, but water the earth. They water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty or void. It shall not return to me empty or void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it literally, the word it ...is not it in Hebrew, it's he, and he shall prosper in the thing for which I sent him... So, this is about the Word. It's about Yah's Word. And because of that, we are going to go out with joy. And therefore, going out with joy, we will be led forth with wholeness or peace. The mountains and the hills are going to break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. There's so much to this statement. Let's take a quick break, and then let's come back to this idea from Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11, which I've actually taken to verse 12. We'll come back to it and tie it back into the definition of what salvation is all about, as we were looking at it in the book of Acts chapter 2, when Kepha, or Peter, was saying to a whole group of people there, repent. Let's deal with more of this idea of repentance and salvation. You are listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-12.
1: Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Join us as we continue to explore and discover insights into the ancient Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. Once again, here's your host, Avi ben Mordechai.
0: Okay, so let's continue where we left off here before the break. And talk more about this idea of salvation and repentance. We were here looking briefly at Isaiah 55, verse 11, because this is going to help us to understand the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 38 through 40, when Kepha, or Peter, was announcing to that whole group of people there sitting to hear what he had to say. So Isaiah 55, verse 11, again, Yehovah is speaking through Isaiah, and he says that his word is going to be the calibration for what is going to be defined as salvation so here in acts chapter 2 verse 38 when kepha says to those gathered there to hear him speak about repentance he says be immersed in the name of yeshua hamashiach so consider the immersion like a plant transplant. You're transplanting a flower or a bush or a tree or some kind of a plant. You're transplanting it into the soil that has been prepared for it. That is the Matthew chapter 13 parable of the sower and the seed. It's about the right kind of soil being prepared to receive the seed or to receive the rooting of that particular plant. That's the idea. That is the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. He is like the perfect soil. He's like the perfect soil prepared all for this salvation. And if we will enter into him, it is like getting transplanted into the right soil so that we can produce fruit. We can produce more seeds. We can produce the good stuff. Okay, that's the idea. And what is it that we are producing We're producing the fruit of justness or the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness is the fruit of justness. Justness is understood as it is not a salvation that is DIY. That is, it is not a do-it-yourself salvation. That is not justness. That is, I do it myself. He doesn't want you doing it yourself. He doesn't want me doing it myself. He wants to provide the salvation. And that salvation is going to produce in us a remission of sins, a remission of sins, that is a forgiveness of sins. That is going to be different from the idea of a pardoning of sins. Pardoning of sins is going to be from the Hebrew word salach. That's the idea of pardoning. But the remission of sins is a different idea. That is a payment. That is a payment program. It's something different. We'll talk about it on another podcast. So the remission of sins is what he is going to give to us. And in that, we are going to receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. We're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is important. The gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit belonging to the Holy One. That is a down payment, according to the way Paul would have understood it. A down payment, something that says, I'm coming back to get you. I'm coming back to finish this salvation program. How does he finish it? Through the resurrection of the last day. And so we learned that the Ruach Kodesh is the same spirit that raised Yeshua from the second death on the third day. And in the same way, that spirit is the gift of the down payment of that promise that in Yeshua we too are going to raise. On our resurrection day, which is the last day, at least according to many passages, such as John chapter 11, John chapter 5, Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 20, uh, and, and really so many, many others that all talk about this same basic idea. So that is the gift ...of the Ruach HaKodesh, that is the last day resurrection that brings us up from death from spiritual death, and frees us from the judgment of the second death, at least according to Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, where we have learned previously on many occasions the principle, in dying you will die, or if you will, the second death. So, Kepha understands this principle, and in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, he says, For the promise is to you and to your children or your sons and to all who are afar off, that is, all those who are still under the judgment of the inheritance that we inherited from Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. That is, we are the afar off ones. We are the ones that are far away because we have suffered from that judgment that was uh, given to Adam and Eve or Adam and his wife. Consequently, we need to be freed from that judgment. So that is the promise to all of us who will accept and receive Jehovah's free gift of disentanglement from the iniquity or the avon that has come down to us by inheritance from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that disconnection is what we are after and that is only provided through the work of Yeshua who has given us the freedom of disconnection in his name and that's exactly what Kepha is getting at when he says as many as of Yehovah our Elohim, or as many as Yehovah, our God, will call. So in other words, when Jehovah puts the call out to become free, to become disentangled, to become freed from that horrendous judgment that has been laid upon all mankind because of what Adam did, along with his wife, in the Genesis 3 narrative. Because of that, Jehovah puts a call out to every one of us, all mankind, and he says, Reply to me. I am putting a call out Reply to me. Let me know that you heard my voice and that you are willing to receive freely what I want to give to you. And that is life eternal, life eternal and forgiveness and pardoning from all of that judgment that came upon all mankind as a result of what happened in the Garden of Eden. That is the whole point of the call. Therefore, we are to respond to him. We are to return an answer to his call. Thus, we get the term repentance. We are repenting. We are turning from what has happened to us, and we are coming back to what he has asked us to do, and that is, to accept his free gift. The gift of the promised resurrection of the last day, which can only be given to those who receive the free gift of the Ruach HaKodesh on the first go-around, which is in Yeshua, from His work and His activities all the things that he accomplished according to the promise that we just spoke about from Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 10 through 11. That the word would go forth and would not return empty. He will not return empty for everyone that Yeshua calls in the name of Yehovah, Yudevave, that one receives the free gift of eternal life, and the resurrection of the last day. That is the entire promise. That is the gospel. And there is, of course, a lot more detail that goes along with that. But that's this idea of what this salvation is all about. But there's a whole lot more. So let's continue now and talk about this idea of this perverse generation. When Kepha says, And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse generation. So that is going to lead us to the question, What is a perverse generation? What does it mean to be perverse? Perverse. The idea of perversity is that of crookedness, to be crooked, to be opposite of yashar. Yashar is straight, crooked is the opposite. That is a perversity. In other words, this is the essence of the term in Hebrew, avon. That is avon. Ein vav nun avon, ein vav nun, and it simply refers to being bent, twisted, and crooked. That's the point of what avon refers to. It is related to the Hebrew infinitive la'avet, la'avet. That is, to be crooked, to be crooked, to be bent, to be twisted. And that seems to point us directly to the events of Genesis 3 with the serpent. That is that whole concept of crookedness. Okay, so this really is so important to understand that when Kepha, when Peter is speaking about this idea in Acts chapter 2 verses 38 through 40, When he talks to the whole crowd that is gathered there for this particular uh, uh, message that he's giving to all those thousands of people that are gathered there, he is using some important key words and ideas such as repentance which is to turn, to reply, to give an answer to, to respond to the call that Yah has put forth. That's repentance. The immersion is into the water. The immersion is into the water. The water of what? The water of the word. In the name of Yeshua, that's a very simple idea because Yeshua is the soil. He is the word of. Of the soil that we are being transplanted into We are being transplanted like a seed into the soil. We receive the seed and we are then transplanted into a good soil, which is the image of of the Matthew chapter 13 sower and the seed. And then it goes on to the remission of sins. It is for all of us. The remission of sins involves forgiveness and atonement for everything that happened going back to Genesis chapter 3 in the story of the garden of Eden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that is our dna entanglement to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because of that when we come back to Him, when we respond to His call, and we become part of Him, and He becomes part of us because of what we are doing here by believing and accepting this salvation that He has given to us freely, because I did not earn it, nor could I say that I even deserve it no I don't deserve it and no I didn't earn it I was sick and I was dirty and filthy and full of all kinds of crud inside of me spiritually and every other way possible I had all that stuff in me long before I ever said to him oh I just love you and I'll be part of you and want to believe no he came to me he came to you and every one of us long before we ever came to him. That is referenced in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. You can kind of see that idea there. Okay. So this goes on with all this remission of the events that took place with the sins going back to the Garden of Eden. That is the Chata, that is the Avon, that is the Pesha. That's the gamut of all these sins that are referred to coming back to all of us in a collective sense. Then he continues to say, For the promise is to you and your children. That is very true. The promise is to you and your sons, to all those who are afar off, as many as Jehovah. Our Elohim will call. So therefore, many of these words he kept saying, saying be saved, that's important, be saved from this crooked, bent, twisted, distorted generation. What generation? Twisted Bent, crooked, distorted. That's going back to the Garden of Eden when that event first began, when Adam and his wife sold. Each one of us into servanthood to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and our servanthood towards that tree made us part of that tree. It became our new master giving to us this horrendous fruit called sin and death. That is the perverse generation. What I'm trying to get at and make it very clear, as far as I understand it, this is not just about, oh, well, they were a perverse generation. Not so. We're all a perverse generation. They were a perverse generation. Everyone ever since Adam and Eve can be called a perverse generation. Because we are all part of the inherited DNA connection. We are all part of the DNA entanglement, spiritual dna and physical dna entanglement to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil we are connected to that tree that's why we do what we do say what we say think what we think oh man this goes on and on and on and this just doesn't stop and it won't stop until the final day resurrection when we will experience a true redemption unlike anything we could ever possibly imagine it is going to be really a fantastic type of salvation that is just uh, something as our imagination cannot even even grasp the idea of what this is really all about with all this said let us now move forward into the idea of the Hebrew term salvation from the Hebraic mindset. Now, salvation really comes from a three-lettered verb root in the Hebrew language. That three-lettered root, if you know just a little bit of Hebrew, you will know it as yud shin ein, yud shin ein. We get the idea of salvation from this. yud shin ein is connected to the hefeel form of the three-lettered verb and it's hefeel. The hefeel form is a causative form that gives us hoshi Hoshia. hoshi hoshia gives us the English term hosanna. And hosanna is is from Hoshi'ah. There is an Aramaic idea behind it. The foundation for the term is from Aramaic, and you can actually see this in the Gospel or Book of Mark chapter 11, verses 9 through 10, and a number of other places as well in the Brichadasha. So let's go over to Mark 11, 9 through 10. Then those who went before, and those who followed cried out, saying, Hoshi'ana, Hoshi'ana, or Hosanna. This is the teaching of please save now, please save now, Hosanna, or Hoshi'ana. Hoshiana, which really comes from the uh, teaching out of Psalm 118, verse 26. We'll take a look at that in a moment. Psalm 118, verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of of Yehovah. That is the Hoshiana. That is the Hosanna praise and the Hoshiana or the Hosanna that is being spoken of here in this particular story. When Yeshua is coming in on a colt on a donkey, he is riding in towards the eastern gate. And all the people are making a huge to-do about this entire event, so much so that it's actually perturbing many of the religious leaders of the day. Many of the religious leaders of the day saw this happening. they knew what was going on. They understood it very clearly. They were just totally perturbed. It says in mark eleven eight many spread their clothes on the road, and others were cutting down leafy branches from the trees and spread them. On the road. That, of course, it looks like an image of Sukkot. That looks like the image of the festival of Sukkot. But actually, it's the festival of Pesach. It's the Passover festival. It's the story of crowning the king, identifying the one who is coming in as a king for the salvation message, the one who would accomplish salvation in the name of Jehovah, That is the one. He is called the king of glory or the king of the praise of the name. So let's go now to Psalm 118, verse 26. This is the idea of the yud shin Ein. The yud shin Ein, it's the three-lettered root. That is the idea of salvation, help, and deliverance. And it is a shout of praise or adoration. For what purpose? Because he has done something that we could not possibly do for ourselves. And what was that? to disentangle us, to free us up from that entanglement, from that entanglement and that connection to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Yetzidah in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Genesis chapter 3, also in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9, and Genesis chapter 2 verse 17. He has given us freedom it is not about freedom from torah on the contrary it's freedom from the entanglement and the slavery to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that is our salvation which if we continue down that path of staying connected to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it will take us into a path that is leading us directly to the second death. And we are going to continue to talk about these subjects on another podcast.
1: You've been listening to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, with your host, Avi Ben Mordechai. We hope you have discovered fresh insights into the ancient Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives, this podcast was brought to you by the Outreach Ministry of Coming Home.
0: www.cominghome.co.il